Hi, I'm Elle Crawford Marsden. This is Heart to Heart, a podcast about life, love, loss and everything in between. It's a mix of storytelling and conversations with some kick-ass human beings, all with the hope that you may pick up a life gem or two to help you navigate this earth life. So join me to be entertained, enlightened and authentically guided to a more resilient life. Hi there, I'm Elle and welcome to Heart to Heart, the podcast. I have to admit I'm pretty nervous. It's my first podcast recording and I really want to connect with the people who are listening and offer something that's really authentic and really me and real because, you know, life throws stuff at us all the time and so I just want to give you a bit of background about how I've dealt and accepted those things in my life because I think that by paying it forward and telling my stories, if you pick up one little life gem from a story or the stories that I share with the people who are coming on to this podcast, then, you know, that just makes my heart so happy. So welcome, welcome, welcome. As the introduction said, I'm Elle. I'm just a regular chick who lives down on the Fluio Peninsula in South Australia. I'm a mum first and foremost. I absolutely feel completely blessed and grateful that I am a mother. I have four children. I have three sons and one daughter. And I have big stories around them all. So mothering is just for me something that I never ever wanted to do when I was a teenager that was like not on the table at all and then you know life happened and I became a mother of four anyway I I'm a mother and I have three boys one daughter I'm a business owner I run a business with my husband called Brand Flurio and we're a branding agency and within that I have some brands that I work on including heart to heart storytelling and also some coaching, some resilience. So I'm a resilience coach with Grow Coaching and Pilates, which also segues into the fact that I'm a, I'm a Pilates instructor and I run mat classes in Goolwa, which is the t- my closest town. So anyway, that's a little bit about me, who I am and what I do. But from an emotional point of view, I just wanted to let you know that I'm just one big smushy heart. I actually cry more at happy times than I do sad times or tragic times. I still have all the feels around those um, events or experiences, but it's the happy stuff like people winning gold medals and animals running and (laughs) things being cute. And I, I live on a river and so I have lots of bird life around me and I just absolutely love them Uh, they make me very very grateful and I just makes me very curious and marvel at nature so I'm just this one big smushy heart hearted woman and I really just want to put it out there to help help my um, anyone who's listening anyone at all just if I can help you one little iota it just will make my make my day and it's the whole reason that I'm doing this so I come from a really big family I'm the youngest of seven children both of our parents have passed away a long time ago my oldest brother is already 70 so you you know so and and I'm my birthday's coming up and I'll be 54 so I'm 
I have had 54 years of life, so I feel like that has equipped me and informed me and enlightened me in a way that I can help others. So I have always, always been interested in human behaviour. I enrolled in a psychology degree and absolutely loved it did one only did one year because um I'll probably do a story on what's called the magpie syndrome (laughs) in another episode but I definitely suffer from the magpie syndrome so I've done one year of a psychology degree I absolutely enjoyed it but then I decided to start a business so business has always been my thing you know, my my grandfather started a business. My dad ran it. My brothers run it. We're, we've all got business in our blood. So, and that's that was called the boxing room. It was a boxing fitness gym, and there are many stories around that. But I was a personal trainer. I've coached since I was nineteen. So I've always been helping others to achieve their goals, whether that be on a physical level or an emotional level. I was a personal development facilitator for a gentleman by the name of Bob Proctor who's been around personal development for many, many years and he is just a really smart cookie. And so there'll probably be some stories about my time there as well. But I'm going to start on a way more personal level because all of those events and experiences really have shaped me for who I am and have just gently nudged and pushed me in the direction of of speaking and it's so weird because I actually thought I was going in a different direction and then last August uh, my husband and I were away and I misstepped off a boat like just unbelievable I just felt stepped on the side of my ankle and it broke in three places and I we were in like (laughs) 15 hours away from Adelaide and oh my goodness me it was it but it was just a really tough experience you know just that just pissed off but I I knew that there was something bigger afoot but I wasn't actually sure what it was and what but what breaking your ankle forces you to do is sit a lot and sit and I used that time to do some work on my business so I joined a course called Brand Builders Academy with Suze Chadwick and that was fabulous and what that did was it just set into motion some ideas and some thinkings that brought me to heart to heart the podcast and so I'm so grateful Uh, and coincidentally my ankle is almost 100% right now when I'm starting so that's great I was able to walk and ride on the weekend even just little ways but from not being able to walk at all to doing that took two surgeries and a lot of patients and some rehab that I'm consistently doing but I'm going to be walking again properly soon anyway that's enough about my ankle I feel like I've been banging on about it for about six months now and to be honest I'm a little over it so Yes, so I I will be telling stories and I am going to be inviting some people in to have uh, a storytelling session on the purple couch here in my studio, conversations on the couch. So we're just going to talk about things that that we have in common and that we might be able to pass on to you guys just to help with anything. I'm really excited about my first guest who is debuting on my podcast and I'm so excited about it you hopefully you'll just love her I'll give you more information about that very soon but back to me why would you be listening and why why would you continue to listen to me well I think I'm just going to really keep it real and I'm I'm not going to be in your face and 
But I'm just going to tell you how things have panned out for me and I can tell you life lessons in retrospect about what I could have done differently. But I just feel like life unfolds the way it's exactly meant to. And even though some of those events can break your heart a million times over, there's always something that comes from it. There's always a change in direction that you can either make the most of, continue on to being the best version of yourself, even though life might have thrown something massive at you. And that's where I come from. That's that's exactly where I come from. And and so I will I will expand on my story in further in future episodes, but my mothering story uh, is actually kind of heartbreaking. So even though I decided not to have children at 21, I had Sam. I, was, I married a farmer and that was all precipitated by my dad leaving my mum uh, and I was living at home too. I was 17 and my dad were absolutely, we were just like peas in a pod, my dad and myself. And then he fell in love with a really close family friend whose daughter was my best friend and it just threw me a complete like 90 degree angle and I ended up marrying a farmer on the York Peninsula and having my son Sam and that was just a really delightful time (laughs) it was Sam was just a most beautiful boy and then I had my daughter Chloe and then when Chloe was 18 months old she was diagnosed with cancer and that just sent us on another completely different trajectory and we moved back to the city, lived with my mum and we just proceeded to try and save Chloe's life, even despite having advice not to. So that was a pretty tough time and I was only 24. So I was just a babe really. I mean I had had Sam but I had had a very, you know, sheltered you know, I, I wasn't really that tough back then. And so that was a huge growing up. Like for me at 24, I suddenly was a mother of a child who had cancer and all of the things that went with that. And we were just, you know, we lived in the hospital for the first six months. She was just so unwell and the and the treatment made her more unwell. And then she had surgery and then she had another surgery. And every time something happened, it was like drastic. It was, you know, started with liver cancer, went to lung cancer, went to heart cancer, came back off all of it, had a liver transplant. Like what she did in those two years is just like being a superwoman. Unbelievable what my daughter did. And, you know, my husband at the time and I just had to... uh, help her through and I was going through some really massive shifts in my own heart and my own mind to around life and how precious and how you know miraculous it is and I was 24 years old like who does that so in the end Chloe um, did have a liver transplant and but previous to that we were told that she didn't have long to live and so the decision was made to have another baby because the my our first son was you know already five so we wanted a family so we decided to have another baby and (laughs) so um here I was 35 weeks pregnant you can imagine I'm nearly six foot tall so I'm I'm you know take up a lot of space and I was pregnant with my third child a son at 
35 weeks pregnant when my daughter Chloe had a liver transplant in Sydney, living in like old nurses' quarters, a little sort of family area. And so my oldest son started school. Oh, there's, I've got a massive story about that. That was just a day. So he started school in New South Wales and we lived down the road from Camp Quality and, uh, sorry, not Camp Quality, McDonald, Ronald McDonald House. And we lived in the hospital grounds and we were there for six months. And during that time, Chloe had a liver transplant and I went up the road and gave birth to Liam. <laughs> and then we just, you know, we returned jubilantly back to Adelaide with a, uh, with a beautiful five-year-old uh now healthy three-year-old daughter and a seven-week-old son and I was uh when was that in 1992 I was 26 years old like (laughs) yeah yeah wow and then when I was 28 years old I've always been a bit of believer that life goes in seven-year cycles and when I was 28 years old they say that that's sort of like your really your emotional adulthood I left my husband and got divorced because I just was so unhappy and even though I was so blessed to have he was a you know very nice person and a great father and a good husband I I just couldn't stay because I was so unhappy and my heart wasn't happy and I had to leave and it was I was 28 years old and the ripples of that decision was huge and it really impacted the relationship I my already very shaky relationship with my dad to the point where he actually put a stop on the will for me so yeah because I decided to leave my husband so anyway my mum helped heal that and that's she was just the most amazing person and I hope to do an episode around my mum to release in May because she just was the guiding light of my life even though I didn't know it at the time and I was a selfish teenager she certainly was the guiding light so yes so life has been really very interesting up until then and you can imagine I just really got on with it then and and the kids were we were just in in school work routine but that was much preferable to the hospital doctor roundabout and we'd been on for the previous sort of four years and at 28 I'm living in a nice home in Adelaide with my three kids and working at a bank and just sort of going oh my god is this all that life is that all that it you know is going to be and it was you know I vividly remember standing outside on a hills hoist clothesline which if you don't know you'll have to google because um it's it's an Australian invention and it's a clothesline and we and I was standing out there and just talking to my best girlfriend and I actually just said to her I don't like the person I am I really I was in tears I and I was a real sort of like light bulb moment and I just remember disliking myself so much the person I was and it really sort of put a bomb under me and somehow into my hands fell a fell a book called The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov and I read it like I devoured it and it made so much sense to me and his whole premise is that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience and I totally agree with that and also that earth is earth school and that just really resonated with me I just felt like there was something so much bigger than how we were living as a human race and so that really 
really propelled me on this personal development journey. So since 28 and I'm 54, so I've been practicing and studying it for a long time. And then from there, it sort of led me down the path and I came across Dr. Wayne Dyer, who who honestly saved my bacon on a few a few events in my life and I really leaned on his program called For Every Pro- Problem There's a Spiritual Solution. It was a book and a, and a program and back in the day I had cassette tapes <laughs> and then I had CDs. Well, now you would just stream it, thankfully. Way, way more practical now. So then um, that, that was between the ages of 28 or 28 onwards and honestly, thank goodness I came across down that track of personal development because in 2002 Chloe passed away she just in the December she hadn't been feeling 100% she'd had a liver transplant we knew that the liver wasn't doing very well she was back on the list to have another liver transplant and to be honest I reckon she just didn't want to do it because you know it's not a very pleasant thing I don't know anyway her body was very you know, it was, she she didn't weigh a lot, of, and she was the most beautiful, beautiful girl, just gorgeous looking. She was twelve years, nine months, just budding, nearly hitting puberty, and six weeks prior to that, she had been put into hospital because the gastroenterologist wasn't very happy with her blood picture and just wanted to boost her up because she was going to be going away from me going to her dad's for three weeks and we really just wanted to make sure she was feeling well and she didn't hadn't said that she wasn't feeling well but she just she just was you know she'd had a liver transplant and she had an adult's liver so she had I believe a liver that had a lot of things going through it over the years because it was an adult and adults as adults we all do things to our livers don't we so I just feel like it wasn't the health, it, was a, it saved her life and it gave us 11 years, but I don't feel like it was the, the choice liver for her. But anyway, we are very, very grateful to that person, to that family that was, you know, massive and it gave us 11 years. So Chloe was in hospital and then she started to get really unwell and I was getting very worried. And we were flowing to... Sydney because they felt like if Chloe's was under their nose that they might find a liver a bit quicker for her and we went to the hospital and the hospital were quite surprised and thought she would looked quite well but she wasn't well and something was going on and then so this was like on the 8th of 8th or 9th of December and then so we had Christmas and then uh, Liam flew over so he flew over to be with us so he was able to stay with us so and he came for Christmas and my brother and sister-in-law lived in Sydney so they came to see us on Christmas day which was fabulous just to see some family and then by the time New Year's Day came along all the doctors were getting a little worried and so one doctor who I had great respect for said look I think I'm going to go in and just see what's going on she had been on Neil I'm giving you all this serious stuff right in the first episode, but let's just get it out there. I'm sorry. I just really have to honour the story. Anyway, on New Year's Day, they decided to operate. And so they, they, the idea, the plan was that they would operate, they would fix whatever was going on, and then they would put her on priority for, the, for a liver transplant and tickety-boo, we'd be fine, we'd go home. And so she went in for this surgery and Chloe and I have been 
she has had so many general anesthetics in her life. I've been with her for every one of them. But this time she said goodbye, which was weird. Sorry, I've said, I know I've said this is the third time I've said that. I'm sorry, but it just was. And that's she obviously knew that something was going on and she had this she was having the surgery and I got a phone call way quicker than they had told me and I went up to see the surgeon and he looked at me and just said to me Chloe has got bowel cancer and she won't survive (sighs) and I was there on my own so I had to go and tell my ex-husband, Chloe's dad, and I rang my sister and she flew straight from Adelaide. And the funny thing about that was she was at my place because I think my niece was staying there and um, she was watching, uh, looking looking for Dory. Dory, anyway. And she's never been able to watch it. Isn't that weird? Again, weird. Isn't that human nature? Anyway... So the plan was that Chloe would return to school and live her days out at school for the next probably six months. <laughs> she wasn't having any of that. So um, when, it, when it just unfolded that she wasn't going to get well and she wasn't going to get well enough to go to school, I just said to my ex-husband and I said to the, all the people at the hospital, she needs to be in Adelaide I said I'm not having people coming to Sydney to say goodbye to her I said that is cruel and it's not necessary and let's get us back to Adelaide as soon as there's a window and her honestly she did not come out of this surgery very sprightly and so they monitored her and it was like uh, right today's the day it's the best day we're going to go so (laughs) Chloe and I her dad had already left a couple of days before, so Chloe and I... No, no, they left that day too, sorry. Chloe and I went out to to this airport miles away in an ambulance and then she was in a stretcher and I was with her in this very long trip home about four or five hours again from Sydney to Adelaide and then from there into an ambulance to Women's and Children's Hospital and straight into Brookman Ward, which is a cancer ward, which is where she started in 1989 so that was a big full circle and they have a palliative care nurse and the palliative care nurse Sarah was Chloe's original nurse when she was first diagnosed at 17 months so she had come a full circle and in the most couldn't be best or worst timing way um, Sarah was like 30 six weeks pregnant or 33 weeks pregnant or something and was going on maternity leave the day or the week later so she probably thankfully for her but I thought not great timing for us she went on maternity leave and and handed us over to another nurse who was just the most beautiful beautiful you know lovely woman who helped us and one of the things that I wanted to do was get Chloe back in her own bed so we It just became so evident that she was dying and her liver was failing and I was sleeping with her in the hospital. And one day I woke up and her, um, one of her, you know, medical things wasn't the way it should have been and I just knew it was getting closer and I just really said to them, we just have to get her home, let's get her home. And they agreed 
And so we set up the home for her and put, you know, an air bed on top of her bed so it was higher and, you know, made her comfortable. And we got her home and my whole family descended, you know, my nephews were doing the gardens, everyone was doing whatever they could to help and we had a table set up out back under the tree and my oldest my brother oldest Australian brother Mike he or who lived in Adelaide he's just the most amazing man and he just was head of the table and he just made sure that everything happened and I just spent all my time as much as I could with Chloe and then just would let other people come and visit and we got to you know we had a barbecue and (laughs) it was weird it was there's that word again I say it a lot it was just um, a very emotional time. and But we tried to celebrate and make it a party for Chloe. And my niece made a, um, a mix for her, including Big Butts Don't Lie, because that was Chloe's favourite song at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, so we got her home and uh, we had one night and then we on the second night I said to her that... Um, Everyone had have been here and they're here and they've said goodbye and and it's time for you to just do what's best for you. <laughs> and I had a bed set up in the room with her and I said to her before I went to sleep, there's one thing that you'll um, come to know about me. I don't function very well without sleep, so I think it's really important. Anyway, I said to her, before I went to sleep, she was barely conscious. and But she knew I was there. And I said to her, sweetie, it's time for you to do what's best for you. And if that is tonight and I'm asleep, could you please wake me? Could you please wake me? Because however you do that, I don't know how, but could you please let me be there for you and with you? So... I went to sleep, that was quite late, but I went to sleep and three hours later I sat bolt upright and looked over and jumped out of bed and went to her and she took her last breath. My my Chloe. I'm just going to take a minute to compose myself. I'll be back. Okay, I'm back. If that has affected you, then you get an apology. But uh, I did not plan to go there. In this episode, I thought that that would come out down the track. So uh, welcome. (laughs) But yes, so I have a daughter, Chloe. I have three sons. There's a massive... Another more to it, more to the story after Chloe died, which I I am super keen to share with you, which may happen in in about episode two, I think, because then you will know where I'm coming from as a person and and why I feel like I can help. It's really this podcast is called Heart to Heart, and there's there was no other title that I could call it because I'm just this massive smushy heart as I said and I want to connect with other people who have smushy hearts or who don't and who want one or who just happen to come across me because I'm here to give it all 
And if I had not had that experience with having and then losing my only gorgeous daughter, I I wouldn't have the heart that I have today. So I live to honour Chloe's life because she, she, I mean, she got dealt a really raw deal when it came to her her physical health. But from a heart point of view, she just got the best. She was the most courageous, courageous person I have ever met. She withstood so many medical interventions and she just did it with bravery and courage and acceptance. She just fought because she didn't know how to do anything else until she didn't and until she couldn't. And But she fought the good, good fight and she fought for 12 years and nine months and a couple of hours so almost 13 that's all she wanted to do was get to 13 anyway she just is still with me every day and in my heart and so when I was thinking about so what could I call my podcast it just came to me heart to heart and it just feels so right I didn't mean to take you down that little rabbit hole as deeply as I did today but hopefully that gives you a little idea of what you'll get in the future. You'll definitely get authenticity and you'll definitely get all of me and I will share everything I can to put some little of those life gems out there for you. Thank you for listening to Heart to Heart, the podcast, the first episode. It was recorded in March 2020 as the world is going crazy to try and flatten the curve against the coronavirus. The online community is so much more important these days as we grapple with how our lives will look in 6 or 12 months time and together we can support each other, support our businesses and our hearts with kindness and love. If anything in this episode triggered you then please reach out to me for support and guidance. My whole intention with Heart to Heart is to pay it forward and to help others navigate their life curveballs And as a resilience coach, I have many strategies and ideas to help you with this. If you would like to reach out to me, I am on Instagram at l.crawford.marsden and also on Facebook at lcrawfordmarsden. Please do not hesitate to send me a direct message over either platform for help or support. If you have a moment, then please drop a review in iTunes and share this episode with your friends. It helps the podcast become more visible and you never know what impact that might have on someone else's life. So from my big smushy heart to yours, thank you so much for using your precious time to listen to this part of my story and I look forward to sharing more of it in future episodes. Until then, goodbye for now and much love from me.